This is Kate Beckinsale. You're listening to Beckinsale. My loneliness is killing me and I. I must rewatch my DVDs and Blu-rays. Replaying some films mess with my mind. Can't watch them twice. Watch these baby just one time. Hey! <laughs> is that Ken or Britney Spears in the room? Uh, I can't uh, tell. Uh, oh, oh. Hey, no one really knows if Britney Spears is really singing anyways. It could have been me singing her original yeah. songs. Can't you know that intro? You did it again. <laughs> Come to think of it, I've never seen Kent and Britney Spears in the same room. <gasps> we have. Oh, I was about to say something mean about we have the same body type, <laughs> but I said it anyways. <laughs> Welcome to Big Sell. I'm Joel. I'm Kent. And I'm Zach. We'd like to thank you for listening to our last show, our schoolyard pick of annoying animated movies. Oh, you did it again. Oh, oh. Uh, man. It was fun because, like, it was fun to, it was soul breaking, but it was fun to kind of have to talk good about those movies. And we, try we to made it up. about halfway through the show <laughs> before and it really got painful. Just gave up. That back half was real bad. <laughs> it was so bad. And Zach, how are you enjoying watching only those movies and only those movies uh, from my list? You guys are not my favorite right now. Happy feet That's for all. life. <laughs> uh, but, but people seem to enjoy it. We had, for example, uh, Sam Ma, listener emeritus, uh-huh. who said, finish today's episode. I love this format for a show. Hey. At its heart, it's just a ranking show, but picking a team's twist gives it an entirely new flavor. Love it. Can't wait to see this used on other topics. All right. And nice. we had people mention other topics that we could use it for, including the, Nolan movies, for example. I think the that. big one is 80s action movies. I think that's going to be fun. Someone yeah. said Star Wars movies. Which we could. That was, sure. that was uh, Jeff P. Skywalker. Yeah. Who, because you could put He's Skywalker, a bit obsessed with Star Wars. You could put Skywalker after your name now. It's cool. Anyone can call himself a Skywalker. <laughs> you could just meet someone on the street and ask him their last name. Skywalker. Exactly. I'm taking this name now. <gasps> but no, that's kind of the no point. No legal papers required. <laughs> <laughs> we would like to continue this, and it could be with characters, could be with film franchises, singular movies, you name it. And then, guys, we got to, also got a comment from the listener, capital L, the what? listener. Oh, my The gosh. overdue listener, <laughs> oh. uh, Spencer, who said, that episode was weird, but a good kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> How many times thank Kent's you. heard that? <laughs> a lot. Every time he kisses a girl. Not a lot lately then. So yeah, thank you for listening. We, we, do, we, we did that episode with a plan of have, doing more like that in the future. Yeah. So yeah, we're always up for suggestions and we like trying new things. And you can always submit an idea and we can put it on our list that we have. Please do. Yeah. But that's not what we're talking about today. What are we talking about today, Zach? We are going to get a little intense today. We're going to swing the other way. And we're talking movies that you've seen and you appreciate that you've seen, but you don't really want to watch again. So it's kind of the same because those animated movies, I would never <laughs> want to watch again. <laughs> but you yes, but you don't in the first place. Yeah, you right. have to appreciate them or enjoy them or, you know, you had a good experience or something but you just don't want to have it again. So we've talked about this a lot on shows, maybe when we do a a movie review, Bacon Bit, where we're like, this is such a good film. I never need to see this again Mm -mm. because I kind of got the whole picture. Yeah. Maybe there's nothing more to discover. It told its story and maybe it crushed your soul a little bit. Yeah. You're like, I'm good. Yeah, because you can appreciate something. Like, for example, years ago, I uh, did a high adventure hike uh, with uh, Boy Scouts uh, through the Grand Teton. Sounds awful. Sure. And it was one of those things where I was like, I'm not, I don't want to do this. And my scout leader said, look, you can try it. You can do it. And then if you don't like it, you can, next time someone asks you to do it, you can be like, you know, I've tried it. I don't want to do it again. Yeah. And so I went on the hike. It was this uh, five day hike up through the Tetons. It was beautiful and horrible. And I got to, we, we like canoed down the Snake River and all this stuff. It was all, it was all very cool. And I'm so glad I did it and I accomplished that. But I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I don't want to do that ever again. Yeah. And so and I you appreciated never will. it. 
I may get suckered into it sometime, but I hope to never have to get suckered into it. It's like skydiving as well, right? Like where you're like, what a thrill that would be because I'll never do it. (laughs) And you're like, oh man, I felt so free and then I'll never do it again because you could die. So the pendulum will probably shift a little bit because last time it was exclusively children's films. These are not children's films. Mostly quite serious. Speak for Uh, yourself. Really? Mm -hmm. Interesting. So each of us have five movies that we're going to talk about that we watched once. We appreciated them. We may even recommend that you watch them. Yeah. Can you recommend once. all of yours? I would recommend mine. For, for certain people, for certain audiences, yes. Because I think the thing here is it's not movies that you watched once and don't want to watch again because you didn't like them. It's movies that you did appreciate. So I'd only recommend one of mine. Really? really? Only one of the five. We're doing five each, by the way. This is going to be interesting, Ken. This is where the film snob in Kent comes out. Wow. Where I go, I've seen this movie and I can handle it, but I'm not sure the general public could. Ha! Well, see, and I should <laughs> it's have. that laugh exactly. I, I had a bunch. Like we, we may do another one like this down the road because I had so many that I could have mentioned Me from film class days where I'm like, where they're like, this movie is a high art film from this high art director. It's cinema at its finest. And if you watch it, you will be a better person. Eight and a half. And then you watch, oh, I hate eight and a half. Yep. But, but there, there were ones I actually liked. I was like, wow, that was really cool. Glad One time. Yeah, now I can you know speak in those circles of snobby film friends, but I'm never going to see that again. All right, I am really interested to see. And this is kind of a taste-based show. There yes. were some where I almost did a softball, and I'm like, well, this is kind of a comedy, and people will like it, and they won't think I'm so dark. I went full dark on this That's one. That's what I'm here for. Okay, so <laughs> Zach, would you get us started with your first pick? Oh, my first one's super dark. Okay. Oh, great. <laughs> Wait. It's the darkest okay, one. on. Comedy. Right. From, Segway. From 1995, directed by David Fincher. It's seven. Oh. Two detectives. <laughs> Wait, we're starting hey, off with seven. Hope you enjoyed the last episode. Oh, man. Two detectives, a rookie and a veteran, hunt a serial killer who uses the seven deadly sins as his motives, starring Morgan Freeman, Brad Pitt, and Kevin Spacey. This is a movie that is talked about a lot. Mm-hmm. It's referenced a lot. Because it's, it is so well done. It's well made. Morgan Freeman, Brad Pitt, Gwyneth Paltrow. Uh, the uh, box. The what's in the box. <laughs> Are we giving spoilers on this? Uh, maybe it's, not for this one. I will give spoilers bad. on a no, few of mine that I don't recommend. No, don't spoil. Why can't I remember his name? Who's the guy who always replaces Kevin Spacey? Oh, it's Christopher, uh, Plummer. Christopher Plummer. Thank you. You're taking it so close. I, I, did, I avoided the easy Christopher Plummer joke this time. No, yeah, and Joel so st- stumbled over it. Ah, uh, yeah. terrible. <laughs> but I, it's it's an amazingly made movie. It's an upsetting movie. It's when did you see movie. this movie? I saw it when I was in my early 20s. Oh, so that's a perfect time to see a movie yes. like this. Yeah. In fact, it's one where you're like, you see it and you're like, David Fincher's amazing. I'm going to buy yeah. the poster and buy the DVD. Yeah. <laughs> so why don't you want to watch it again? I just, I, it, it just hit me in a way that it's, it gives me the little creepy crawlies that I'm like, I'm good. I have I'm good. a couple personal experiences with this movie. Go on. The first, my first encounter with this movie was actually on my mission where I had <laughs> Zach yeah. took a drink, almost did a space. I, I was going to say I served a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and you don't watch movies as a missionary. Right. Joel, that was terrible. <laughs> I know. But uh, I didn't watch a movie, but one, we were doing like this uh, division one time where we were in this other, this other elders area, this other missionaries area and we were just chatting at night and one of the guys, I'd been out a while, I hadn't heard of it and I hadn't seen it and he's like, have you heard of this movie Seven? And I was like, no, tell me about it. I love hearing about movies. Oh, no. And he proceeded to tell me the entire plot. Because it's based on biblical themes. Yeah. Sure. Let's just <laughs> find that way. <laughs> but he told me the entire thing. And I remember I got to the end and I was like, oh, oh, no. Like, I had trouble sleeping that night. 
but I was fascinated. Based on the description alone. Yeah, just by the description. And I was fascinated by the concept. Uh, and then when I got home and actually saw it, it was amazing. But I, yeah, I'm going gonna, gonna to agree with Zach here, except for the fact that I do want to watch this one again. And mm-hmm. I do recommend it to people because it is a mind bender. But like, for example, I have my kids horror movie training where I have like four phases of horror yes. movie training for my kids. So phase one, phase two, phase three, phase four. This movie is phase five, which is, look, I'm probably not going to show this to my own children. But once they make their own decisions, yeah, if, if they, they want to make it, we'll talk it. about it. I won't show you, but I may recommend it. Yeah, If you watch it, you watch it over at your house. I'll watch it at my house. We're both grown adults. Then we'll talk. I about have my 10 year old watch this all the time. It <laughs> explains so much. <laughs> no wonder she hates the troll. That's sequel. why she shaves off her fingerprints. <laughs> <laughs> what a good choice, though, because yeah. in a lot of these. That's so reliant on the twist. And I'm not saying this movie is good because of the twist. No. But when whatever happens at the end, it makes this movie irreversible. Uh-huh. Like you can't watch it and watch certain scenes and go, oh, everything's going to be fine. <laughs> and so the twist is because like the killer comes right out and says it when it needs to. Mm-hmm. But it's other stuff that happens where you're like, I feel so hopeless. Well, also, this movie does an amazing thing where it doesn't show you the murders. Uh-uh. It's the police walking into the scene. It's the and result. They, they talk about what happened, and that makes it almost more Which, horrifying because it's all in your head. If this movie came out today with everyone who loves true crime, true crime. podcasts oh, yeah. and everything, this would be the biggest movie of all time. I would. Zach, that is a fantastic choice. Thank you. That'll be my only good choice. That one moment where the guy woke up. Oh. Ah, Oh. With the pine salt. Yeah, I I would imagine if I do watch this again, I'm still a decade away. I think I watched this one, I've seen it maybe two times, strictly for the performances. Because some of these movies, the performances are already great. But you're like, I could watch that again based on how great Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman Mm -hmm. were together. Well, in in my one of my first classes ever at BYU Mm -hmm. uh, was a film class. And this is like, you know, I'm a brand new BYU student. I walk into the room, sit down, and they say, okay, we're going to show you a clip. And they show us the opening credits of Seven. By the way, they're not editing movies in film class there, no. are they? No. They, they, okay. they, 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 they tell you before, like, if you're not comfortable with this, we can show you. you can, Great. You can watch an alternate movie, but we're just going to watch this. But it was just the opening credits. Mm-hmm. But I remember sitting there, and those opening credits are, are like, mm. they don't show anything. Nope. But it's so creepy. And the whole point was like how you can use these abstract images to create a feel and how the music and everything creates a feel. But I remember sitting down being like, this is not how I expected BYU to be. Huh. <laughs> I think it'd be like, yeah, BYU, cool. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. So seven's a great choice. It is a great choice. Thank you. One and done. What my, do you got? Kent? My first choice is Requiem for a Dream. Oh, oh boy. Oh. This is going to be a dark show. I'm starting oh. with Requiem for a Dream, guys. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> So the drug-induced utopias of four Coney Island people are shattered when their addictions run deep. This one stars Ellen Burstyn, Jared Leto, Jennifer Connelly, and Marlon Wayans. Everyone has their own addiction story. Uh, Jared Leto and Marlon Wayans are generally together most of the time. Marlon Wayans is hilarious in this movie. It's weird because you see this movie and you're like, is this the guy from Scary Movie and the Wayans Brothers? <laughs> but he's so good in the movie, you kind of you get sad about this mispotential that he has. Everyone in this movie is great, but it's so hard to watch this movie. I would say there's one draw to this film, and it's the score. That score is fantastic. But even then, it was Requiem for a Dream is great. Yes. But what was the one with the choir? It's like Requiem for the one they made for Lord of the Rings. Lux Eterna. Yeah. Well, Lux Eterna is the 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 main song. But they call it Requiem for a something. I can't remember what it is right now. Yeah, they've used this in so many trailers, and it's the most epic music. And honestly, the music is playing when these guys are transporting like a fridge across Coney Island. And you're like, this doesn't fit, 
But the movie is so grim. So this is directed by Darren Aronofsky, who is the director of one and done movies. He did The Wrestler, <laughs> Black Swan, Noah, and The Fountain. That's yeah. true. That's All true. movies you should only ever watch once unless you want to somehow understand The Fountain, then good luck. Mm. This one is utterly devastating, but I could not take my eyes off the screen. I could probably mention this movie on several shows Number one being if we ever have an after-school special show or movies uh, yeah. that should be shown to your children. And this is weird because this movie is so dark, but every teenager needs to see this movie. It will scare them I, I will say maybe <laughs> cut out some of the sexual content because it gets really awful. But as far as everything else, the drug trips and what these people do to themselves, it needs to be seen because it's the most anti-drug movie I've ever seen. Requiem really? for a Tower, by the way. Is that what, that's okay, they that's the what they use for the trailer yeah. for Lord yeah. of the Rings. Okay. okay. But it's, like Ugh. I said, the score is inspired, but the movie is a bleak, relentless, and hard watch. It's worth it, though. It grabs you. doesn't let you go till the end, and then when you get to the end, you go, I'm going to take three showers, <laughs> scrub off a lot. I'm feeling a lot of things right now. <laughs> but the, the like I said, the performances are great, but really, the heaviness of this movie should only be experienced once, and you'll, you'll just get it. I hope the ending 8-bit track is looks to turn on 8-bit. I'll, I'll find <laughs> it. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, <laughs> 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 Joel, what's yours? Wow, you guys both went with these big, epic, popular movies, and I, I chose... Popular? Well, 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 known. well known. Okay, well known. Sure. Well known. Yes. And I went for kind of a sleeper horror hit on my first okay, one. Okay, tell me. Uh, 2007 Spanish film, The Orphanage. Oh, yeah, great movie. Okay. So uh, One time watch, huh? Okay, what's it about? <laughs> so, synopsis. A woman brings her family back to her childhood home, which used to be an orphanage for disabled children. Before long, her son start to com- starts to communicate with an invisible new friend. And this was directed by Jay Bayona, who did uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom and The Impossible. Yes. Which is a kind of a weird mix, if you think about it. Yeah. Fallen Kingdom being this weird I don't like either one of those sequel. movies. And The Impossible You don't like being The Impossible? The heart. Which one's The Impossible? It's with the t- tsunami, tsunami movie. Oh. With oh, Hugh McGregor. Oh. I quite like it. Oh, no. That's a good... Oh, no. I don't like... It's, no, I feel a movie that, that makes me but cry. But it's a good movie. We talked about that's that. That's a one uh, We talked about that in our... Movies uh, that make men cry. Yeah, tearjerker episode. Yeah, that's it. Mm. Uh, it is rated R. Uh, the Orphanage is for some, some disturbing content. Uh, Clearplay DVD does have it, though, if that's your thing. And it, it stars a bunch of Spanish actors. Yes. And it's in the Spanish language. It's a subtitled horror film. Uh, this movie was creepy scary, intense, depressing, and disturbing. And it's in Spanish. That's why I won't watch it again, because it's in Spanish. Um, <laughs> Subtitles. No, this, this film opened at the Cannes Film Festival in 2007, and it received a standing ovation lasting 10 minutes. What? I don't imagine applauding any movie for 10 minutes, but this one is so well done because it pulls you in, and it's this standard horror movie type yes. fair where like there's this little creepy kid who wears a burlap sack over his face and he appears every now and then and it's like oh it's so creepy what's going on what's the mystery and then it takes this twist where it gets really intense like i was worried about like legitimately worried about the characters in the movie like mm-hmm. are they okay and then it just the bottom drops and it is depressing like drag your heart through the mud depressing and i got through with this movie and i remember just sitting there in the dark, going, well, I don't want to, I don't want to move. So uh, you've never revisited this movie. Nor do I think I will. Because this, to me, has the experience where you see the end and you're like, oh, okay. And so when you rewatch it, you Okay, put, if you have that tone when you see the end, <laughs> you've got issues. Uh, oh, wait. Okay. Wait for the rest of my list. <laughs> I've got to rewind it. <laughs> but then you see, 
how could this all fit together? And it does it fit together without any plot holes. And I feel like that's the kind of movie that may require a little more discovery. Mm-mm. I'll assume there's no plot holes. I'm good. I'm <laughs> it good. Is, I cried during a horror movie. It's Kent. devastating. That is not normal for me. And I <laughs> cried during a horror movie. This was a hard watch for me. So you wouldn't even watch this one with your wife, for example, who's no, (laughs) especially not someone that needs to discover a great movie like this. Well, uh, this is a very well done movie. It's not a horror movie that I prop up there as one of the greatest horror movies of all time. Right. But it was such a fascinating thing to watch this uh, Spanish horror movie with Spanish influences and and just not know what was going to happen. It was so well written. Yeah. But it deals with like children and orphanages and terrible uh, things happening and it was so disturbing at, not, not, not yeah. like like in your face like saw type disturbing nothing like that it is almost all psychological horror and there's no actual like, there's i don't even think there's maybe a little blood but that's it so this isn't like anything torturous or anything like that but just you kind of idea. more so wallow in misery yes 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 mm. wallow would be a good word so i saw it and i was like wow that was well done and never want to see it again. Yes. Did it, did I don't it linger. Again. Did it yeah. linger with you after? Yes. In fact, to this day, I well, just I went and read the synopsis again, and I got that feeling in the pit of my stomach, like, oh, stay away, uh, stay away. Yep. Wow. So yeah, there what? you go. The orphanage. Nice. My movie. My next movie comes from 2008. It is Doubt. A Catholic school principal questions a priest's ambiguous relationship with a troubled young student. Happy, happy, joy, joy, happy, happy, yeah. joy, joy. Yep. John. I did not know this episode was going to get so dark so quick. Wow. You're going to continue to. Uh, directed so, by John Patrick Shanley, starring Meryl Streep, Amy Adams, and Philip Seymour Hoffman. It was up for Academy Award, right? Yes. Uh, Amy Adams was nominated, I believe. Yeah. Well, she's always won. nominated and never win. She's the new Leo. No, I think Meryl Streep has that contract where she has to be nominated no matter what she appears in. Yeah, that's, that's why true. she got nominated for... Uh, no, wait, that was going close in 100 nominations. Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, Mamma Mia 2, she, she appears for like 10 seconds. Yeah, <laughs> for that. yeah this is a movie that I, I watched um, when it came out. Uh, and I based off of a stage it, play, It's right? based off of a play from 2004. Okay. And it's a well-done adaptation. It's a musical comedy on stage, right? Uh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I have a doubt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> write that. Write that, Zach. <laughs> it's kind of catchy. But it's it's a movie that's, again, super well-acted, very compelling. Um, I like, uh, you know, good stage plays turned into to movies. But honestly, for me, and this is getting deep and dark, but a bacon sale, um, <laughs> it, it kind of preys on a fear of mine of, of am, am I going to have have uh, any relationships that are seen with with doubt or am I going to you know be have have judgment cast upon me if I don't mind all my P's and Q's or whatever and so I I try to be very careful in life and this just kind of hit a very raw place for me um and and the the way it ends is very ambiguous and it's a very enjoyable watch never want to see it again the dialogue in this one is really masterful very like watching these actors play together Mm -hmm. is it's not fun to watch, but it's great to watch. Yeah. But then you just want to be detached from it all. Yes, I want to be removed. But they they are so talented that they bring you in. And like, I don't want to be there. Talented? I doubt it. Oh, uh, <laughs> thank you. Trying thank to, you for the dead jokes. Trying to bring Lighten the mood. Levity. Oh my gosh. <sighs> anyway, I think it's a really well acted movie that I I don't um, I, I would recommend it. I really would. Uh, okay. But not again. <laughs> okay. I need to lighten the mood, so I'm going to change my order Thank you. a little bit because my next one my is ne- going to be real heavy. My next one's a little lighter. What are you guys doing? I don't know, and I'm sorry. My next three are actually not bad. Okay. My next one is from 2006, and it's Borat. 
Oh, <laughs> I get it. Good. I get it. Okay, yep. thank you. Yeah. So the, if you don't know the plot synopsis, you don't really need to know, but there's, I'll tell you. My name is Borat. Kazakh TV head Borat <laughs> is dispatched to the United States to report on the greatest country in the world. With a documentary crew in tow, Borat becomes more interested in locating and marrying Pamela Anderson. So this one's directed by Larry Charles. He's done Seinfeld and Curb Your Enthusiasm, Sasha Baron Cohen, of course, playing one of his roles that he originated on The Ali G Show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He came out with Borat and Bruno, and I never really watched the Ali G show back in the day. I watched it after I saw Borat. Okay. And so I walked into this movie 2006, and remember, I'm 25 at this point, ready for some raunchy comedy, and boy, did I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I saw this one in the theater, and and I kind of knew the character was meant to make fun of people he was interviewing, Mm -hmm. and they do it so well in this movie. This is a guilty pleasure that I've only seen one time because... And here's the reason this is a one-time watch. I loved this movie. I was laughing more than I have in... I can never remember oh, in any so movie. uncomfortable. That, and I don't want to ruin the experience of how much fun I had during this movie uh-huh. at home. Because when you're with a group of people that are all laughing at the same thing, I was like, yes, we're all enjoying this. If I watch this at home, I'd say, that's annoying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's gross. Yep. Why did I ever like this movie? So I don't want to taint that one experience I had <laughs> from Borat. And truthfully, you want to take your perfect experience with Borat. <laughs> so, no, it's just so wrong. It really is. And it, it feels like you're watching like a, a reality TV show. Because yeah. when you watch reality TV, you're like, I'll never need to watch this again. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of feeling Borat has. It's so unbelievable. But once you've seen it, the magic is gone. Doesn't need to be revisited at all. Mm-hmm. The satire alone is probably worth a rewatch. But if you remove the satire, it's just crude humor and shocking moments. So... Very few movies uh, do I feel personally do I feel are affected by the by editing by like yes. filtering by right. clear, clear play vintage things like that. This is one of the few where I feel like I did not get the full Borat experience. You didn't because certain parts were just gone, and I feel I, that's okay. Right for a lot of it. Uh, no, that's because I laughed. There were parts I laughed, but I remember being like, "Man, there was a." I, I, I remember watching it, and being like, "I don't get why people like this so much." Like, yeah, it was fine. And I went through and read the story, read the synopsis, and I was like, oh, yeah, that part was gone. Well, that part was gone. But I, I do feel like a lot of the humor was shock humor, being like, yes. I can't believe he would say that to this person or that he would do this in this circumstance or that they're wearing as little clothing as they are. So a lot of this was obviously planned. Like yeah. everything he did, a lot of the Pamela Anderson moments or a lot of the grosser moments were just filmed like a narrative movie. Right. But the mastercraft that Sasha Baron Cohen has, and I can't believe I'm saying that, he has knows how to presently has. Okay. He knows yeah, no, he's still good at it. He he's has the another king show. Of cringe. He knows how to get people to say all the wrong things. Oh god. And yes. he can keep playing on it. It's not just a one joke where he's like, look at this guy, he's really racist. He can be like, no, we're gonna get to know this guy and he's gonna say more embarrassing things and I'm gonna look so good coming off of this. Because Borat is meant to be a racist mm-hmm. character. Oh, he's terrible. Yeah. But he's able to make everyone else look racist <laughs> somehow. The satire is, that is great. Such a Samantha thing to say. But <laughs> I will ne- <laughs> I will never rewatch this movie, mostly because I saw Bruno and oh, I Bruno. think I just did a Bruno quote from the trailer. Yeah, yeah exactly. Sorry. I feel like um, my Bruno experience wasn't that... F- I didn't enjoy it very much because mm. I think I aged out of it. Mm. And so I don't want to age out of Borat. Okay. <laughs> See, I... So you saw it in a theater with a lot of people? Yes. I saw it almost the exact opposite way, but it was still a fantastic theater experience um, because it was just me, three of my friends, and one other person in the theater. In the theater. <laughs> I was in high school. Like, oh, yeah. It was 
like the four of us were just guffawing. Like we were going there. No, what? <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, we were just like we had the place to ourselves. We yeah. were just being obnoxious and enjoying it, and it was a fun experience that I don't, I wouldn't have again. So. Yeah, I could still consider a great comedy, but I want to keep it in that realm, and I don't want to revisit to ruin it. Good choice. Wow. Once again, I feel like you guys are picking these like well-known movies, and I'm going a little hipster again. That's what you Joel do. Joel is You're the hipster. hipster of Bacon Sale. That's what what everyone says. I'm super mainstream. Uh, apparently, mine stars Ryan Reynolds. And it came out in 2010. Oh, the voices buried. Oh, yes, oh. yes, yes. So buried. What? Oh, yeah. what a stressful movie. So Wait. buried. <laughs> okay. uh, here's a synopsis. Paul is a U.S. truck driver working in Iraq. After an attack by a group of Iraqis, he wakes to find he is buried alive inside a coffin with only a lighter and a cell phone. It's a race against time to escape this claustrophobic death trap. This is uh, rated R for language and violent content. Uh, it's, it is on Clearplay DVD if you have that. So 95 minute movie. One setting. This all, the entire movie takes place. I'm pretty sure the entire movie takes place inside a coffin. Yes. So I'm trying to remember if there's any, there, there's a part where it's kind of a flashback, but I don't, I don't want to spoil anything. They should have called but, this movie Grave Danger. Ah. Uh, sorry. Uh, so this is a different type of horror movie because it's not really a horror movie. It's more of a drama and it is, it's Ryan Reynolds and a voice on the phone. And there's, he calls, he has Blackberry in with him. So he, the kidnappers call him. <laughs> it says he aged well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, kidnappers call him and like he's able to call a couple other people. Like he's just trying to find help and trying to get out of there. And they have a way of kind of upping the stakes. Yes. As the movie goes along, even though it all takes place in one setting. And it's good Ryan Reynolds. Even though it, it's, it's a Ryan Reynolds yeah, it's, show. It's, it's dramatic yeah. Ryan Reynolds. It's not, yes. it's not Ryan Reynolds trying to be cocky funny. It's him just playing a plain drama. And uh, the reason I wouldn't watch it again, I really didn't buy the CGI super suit. I thought it was uh, <laughs> not well done. No, uh, no, but the the thing is, I was intrigued by this movie because it was an experiment in film. Yes. One setting, very small. It's not like they can walk around the room. He's literally laying down inside a coffin. He can't even like turn around. Yeah. And yet you're entertained the entire time. There are some movies that pull that off really well. They're never great films, but ones that, make you excited or like phone booth for example yeah phone booth is a good one What about lock oh lock is lock well. does it with tom hardy one i don't know if i've seen lock you should see lock one time okay that would have totally made my list yeah and then uh, rope is another favorite. yeah that's not like it's one setting but it's a much bigger setting but that, that that actually inspired the filmmaker to make this movie oh cool now like i said interesting experiment ryan reynolds has some some talk about how the filming the movie he did it for 16 days in this coffin set wow and he said it was just like very claustrophobic especially certain parts when let's just say the coffin structure stru the coffin structure starts to deteriorate a bit we'll say that mm -hmm. and it gets kind of the space gets smaller and smaller and it i would is, go nuts i'm super claustrophobic yeah he he freaked out a couple times he said but it was it was a hard time filming it this is one i actually think it's it's not too heavy i wasn't satisfied with the way things went uh, the ending will stop me from ever watching this again. Precisely. That's another reason I'm like, you know, I got to the end and I was like, you know, yeah. not, not only worth the journey, but mm -hmm. it was a fun journey. Like it, it's, it's a great experiment. Yeah. yeah. So if, you, if you're interested in that kind of thing in film and seeing how you can create a dynamic story in a very small one setting, watch Buried. You're such a hipster. I am. Wow. I, I just I'm get, proud of you. I can't get Thank past you. the one scene in, in, was it the second Kill Bill? Oh, when she's in the... She yeah. just punches away. Punches yeah. away out. Yeah. I can't even handle that, let alone the whole movie. Yeah. All right. My third movie is one that you've seen and your brother's seen and your sister's seen and everyone's seen. It's a movie that I really loved the very first time that I saw it and will never watch again from 2019. 
It's Avengers Endgame. <laughs> after the, this took a turn. After the devastating events of Avengers Infinity War, the universe is in ruins. With the help of remaining allies, the Avengers assemble once more in order to reverse Thanos' actions and restore balance to the universe. So would you watch Infinity War again, but not I, Endgame? I have watched Infinity exactly, War again. but not Endgame. It's better. We already have a Kent. What are you doing? Endgame? There's two reasons why. But I, you liked it. He I, liked I, it, though, Kent. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it has to be a like. I enjoyed it. I did. I was emotional at the at the manipulatively emotional parts. I rolled my eyes at a couple of I am things. every Jedi, that scene. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Um uh I honestly I did enjoy it. I was very glad when I saw it. You're part of the zeitgeist, right? You're, you've seen it. You can talk about it. You're, you know, if you've seen it before, people, you're like, can we talk about the spoilers? All of that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's great. I'm glad I have that experience. I will never watch this movie again. But why not? Why? What does it have to offer? Maybe to tear down all to, the plot holes in the first hour and a half. That's the thing. I, I haven't. I don't intimately know all of the vast flaws in the time travel. All of the things that it does that it doesn't follow its own rules. I don't have to revisit any of that. So you're saying, but if you watch Infinity War, you have to watch Endgame. No, that's, you that's do the not. Completionist in nope. me. Nope. I don't like Return of the Jedi that much. <gasps> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Wow, I'm just that's kidding. a turn. I'm just kidding. Let's Get say off the show. <laughs> Avengers Nine comes out yeah. in four years because yeah. that's how often they make these movies. And it's like we're doing a big Marvel rewatch where you rewatch every movie. I would never do that. Oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I would. I would. I would never watch all of them. I would watch. I like, would. You would handpick. I'd, I'd handpick a few. Even I would rewatch all of them. I have I rewatched not. all of them because I took my kids. To well, them. we did for the ranking one. Ranking we did. Show as but well. like I, I've literally gone through and we went through from Iron Man to Endgame with my kids. And so I've seen all of them multiple times now. That's mm. a shame. Some are better than others, but sure. some aren't as bad as I remembered them to be. Yeah, they are. They're all fine. But <laughs> I enjoy them. Like 90% good. Iron Man 3. That's part of the 10%. <laughs> Yeah, I just I feel like this is a movie that, again, you you don't need to watch it. You need or you don't need to watch it again. You don't need to watch it multiple times. You do need to watch it for its conclusion, and you get to to, to thank it for all that it did. But I'd rather watch Infinity War. It's a more compelling movie. It's a more interesting movie. So when interesting. Captain America gets Mjolnir, spoiler alert! <laughs> really, I everyone see. I have more fun seeing the memes of that online than. But no, you saw that moment, and you're like. That was cool. Oh, we were. It was a full theater. It was the opening weekend. Everybody was cheering. It was really fun. That's kind of what happened to me with the first Avengers. Like when I saw that screening, yeah. everyone's giving high fives. Like, I can't believe they pulled this off. And I saw it again. I said, that was like every Will Smith movie from the 90s. So I wish I never saw that again. The first Avengers, I didn't see until like a couple weeks later. And everybody told me, oh, you're going to love it. And I saw it and I was like 40 minutes in. I'm like, this movie's straight up boring. Ah, It is. The no, first 40 the minutes first is part horrible. Is, but, then, but then the end Joel. is... I like it. Stop it. I like it. The end. I mean, it, it's an all time great for what it is after a while. Now it's a Marvel show that we're doing right actually now, the, by the way. The event, I was going to say the only ones I actually own are Iron Man 1 and the Avengers. Those are the only two I've purchased. I think I only own Avengers and Thor for some reason. I only own the Incredible Hulk. Oh, wow. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I just, I feel like Avengers Endgame, again, a movie that I do appreciate. I know a lot of people love it. I know a lot of people rewatch, but for me, I'm good. My next movie. <laughs> <laughs> you okay, laugh. Bring it back down. <laughs> Passion of the Christ. Wow. You went here. I still haven't seen this one. I, I was wondering, we might as well have just said, we're going to do the one and done episode brought to you by the Passion of the Christ. That's like it's, it. It's kind of a given. I still haven't seen it. 
Oh, because I'm, don't. Su- I'm such a visual learner. So that's where I'm going with this. And I've heard that there's images in this movie that you cannot get out of your head. Okay. We don't really go biblical or theological on Bacon Cell very much. No, well, save it for our theological <clears throat> show. But Passion of hey, the Christ. Our, as uh, a, save for our Bible book ranking <laughs> show. <laughs> there will be a Bible book out of, of Joel. Come on, Ten Commandments. <laughs> we can throw in Ben-Hur in there somewhere. Yeah, that's biblical. We'll just talk about this again on the Jim Caviezel but show. As, <laughs> which will be a short show. <laughs> Frequency, Passion of the Christ. Count of Money Cristo. Count of Money Cristo. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Save for our Jim Caviezel show. <laughs> <laughs> Passion of the Christ is a singular theological movie experience directed by Mel Gibson starring like we said Jim Caviezel Monica Bellucci this is a movie that when I saw it I thought oh it's the week before Christ's crucifixion Mm -hmm. oh maybe it will show some of the miracles and you know some of the hard times this movie is only pain and suffering Mm -hmm. so much that people really got after Mel Gibson for how much torture he put Christ through in this movie because this movie is almost impossible to watch and joel this is why this is probably one of the ones i can't recommend for me exactly for the reasons that you mentioned because when i saw this movie sure i've read the stories in the bible and i went man oh he went through a lot yeah no that's awful and you kind of just read it you give it whatever visualization you have in your head but when i saw it and because i'm a visual learner as well when i saw the suffering i went oh boy this just became real yeah and it hurt and it made me sick i was physically ill from what i was seeing and granted it's some of the most realistic blood and gore i've seen in a movie it's not played for anything other than showing suffering suffering yeah it's not made for shock factor or anything yeah and so and i think the shock factor is maybe saying hey everybody repent out there maybe yeah so this one is it's a hard r and and joel i don't know like i there is a redux version of this movie Mm -hmm. so mel gibson obviously came under a lot of fire by the way this movie made about 700 million dollars it was the number one grossing r rated until until very recently yeah Yeah. isn't that crazy oh all i have to do is take it out some of the violence (sighs) this is it's a definite easter movie i'll say that yeah. But it's not a hey happy kids. Easter movie. <laughs> Finish up with your baskets so we can watch this movie. So I was saying there is a Redux version where he cuts off five, almost six minutes of some of the most intense torture in this movie. And he was actually, Mel Gibson was going for a PG-13 rating with that. It's still rated. Oh, it's unrated, actually. Okay. But it's R. But it's still R. Because there's so much of this movie that is painful like literally painful to watch because it feels real. It takes the Bible stories and puts them on the screen. Yeah. And that's just it. If you ever watch this from Borat (laughs) to passion of the Christ. I want to bring that up. I know this is a weird joke. (laughs) Entertainment weekly in 2006 said this was number one, most controversial movie of all time. Obviously Mel Gibson came under a lot of fire. This is what he said about this. He said, I wanted it to be shocking and I wanted it to be extreme so that, they see the audience the enormity of the sacrifice to see someone could endure that and still come back with love and forgiveness even through extreme pain and suffering and ridicule and so he basically goes on and says here it is it's all real this happened man don't you feel sick yeah wow yay passion of the christ but don't take my word for it (laughs) so 
Realism, uh, Kent, yes. is what you're going with. I'm going to go with the realistic pick as well because I'm choosing 2012 Zero Dark Thirty. Ooh, oh, good yeah. choice. That was on my so, honorable mentions. If you don't know what Zero Dark Thirty is, let me give you a synopsis. A chronicle of the decade-long hunt for al-Qaeda terrorist leader Osama bin Laden after the September 2001 attacks and his death at the hands of Navy SEALs in Navy SEAL Team 6 in May of 2011. Directed by Kathleen Bigelow, who did Point Break and The Hurt Locker. She, I mean, she has kind of this wide variety of, of movies going on here. Have you seen Hurt Locker more than once? No. Hurt Neither. Locker is a one and done. That'd be good. That'd be one yeah. and done, too. Yeah. Uh, so this one is rated R for strong violence and brutal, disturbing images and language. Uh, it is on Vin Angel and Clearplay DVD, starring Jessica Chastain, uh, Joel Edgerton, Mark Strong, James Gandolfini, uh, Chris Pratt is in this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is more of a popular pick because this was up for an Academy Award nomination. Best um, picture, yeah. The reason I watched it is because, I mean, it was nominated, so I was kind of intrigued by it. You know, let's mm-hmm. see what it was. But I also just wanted to get an idea of what the raid was like. I think all of us, to mm-hmm. some degree here in America, were invested with how did oh, we get totally. this guy? Yeah. How did we get him? And I loved how it told the story of, like, the CIA analyst who was able to look into... It was interesting how boring it was. This movie about SEAL Team 6... You're right. ...is, like, about the CIA analyst trying to trace a name that she heard once and just... Like, it's kind of fascinating to watch it unfold. And then you do get to see the raid at the end. It's weird because it should be one of these. Well, not it should be. But you see a movie like this and you think it's going to be a rah, rah military sort of movie. Yeah. Like a 13 hours type thing. Yes. Yeah. But it doesn't go that direction at all. No. And it doesn't get overly political, which I appreciate it. They, they right. reference the current administration, mm-hmm. but they don't like bring them into it. Like yeah, this it doesn't is all seem about, to lean one it's way. It's like everyone has yeah. a job to do and they're doing it how they see. It's the CIA bits. and the Navy SEALs. Yes. And. Now, the thing about it is kind of interesting. This movie is not 100% accurate, obviously. Yeah. But it was an accurate enough that there was an investigation to see if classified documents had been leaked. Oh, nice. And it turned out, apparently, uh, Catherine Bigelow and the screenwriter, I can't remember his name right now, and I can't see it in my notes immediately, but uh, his last name, Bull. That's all I know, B-O-A-L. Yuva Bull. Uh no, it's not your fault. <laughs> That's a terrible director. Yes. But uh, apparently they had been working on kind of the, this is before Bin Laden had been caught. They were working on the screenplay about trying to find Bin Laden. Okay. And then the screener was actually at a award ceremony for the for the SEAL team, for SEAL Team 6. And one of the presenters, uh, CIA director, uh, he discussed classified information during that meeting not knowing that the screenwriter was basically taking notes as he was talking oh, about Oh, that's it. great. So that's where they got a lot of it from. Yeah, Jessica Chastain is great in this movie mm-hmm. for her performance alone. It's such a well-done movie, but yes. I was just like, yeah, I've seen it. I, right. Now I know, yeah. and knowing is half the battle. I'm well, done. Well, you're in for a ride just from the very opening when it goes through sort of like, you know, it's like a torture scene at the very beginning pretty yeah. much. It's, yeah. You're like, you don't want to watch that again? No, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Zero Dark Thirty was my choice. Good choice. All right, I also, I'm going to kind of carry on with this military theme, and Kent, let me explain myself. From 2017, I'm going with Dunkirk. What? Directed by Christopher Nolan. this was going to happen. Allied soldiers from Belgium, the British Empire, Kent was going to want to punch Zach in the face. Surrounded by the German army. What? And evacuated during a fierce battle in World War II. Okay, here Uh, we go. I had your back on Endgame. Here we go. I'll tell you why. (laughs) I like how it swung so far (laughs) to the other side now. Kent's like, rah, rah, Zach, you jerk. (laughs) You're in trouble. I loved this movie. I had a perfect movie-going experience with this movie. I was sitting in luxury seats that I definitely paid for, and... It was like sitting in a, mas- a massage chair for two hours. It was compelling. It's an assault gripping. on your senses. It was amazing. And I just never, for me, I never 
want to do anything to ruin that experience. It's kind of like what you said with Borat. There's for me, okay. there is no you other just compare possible. Dunkirk to Borat. You're okay with that. <laughs> yeah, I love Borat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> My name is Borat. <laughs> no, I have an awesome TV and I have a great sound system and I still wouldn't, I, I don't want to do anything to take away that experience I had on the big screen, never having seen it, not, I didn't, I, I you know, Pardon my ignorance. I didn't know the story. I didn't know what was going to happen. And so all, all the things came together to be a fantastic experience in a brilliantly made movie that I never want to watch again. I never want to ruin that. I saw that one twice in the theater, yeah. almost within a week of each other, because the first time I had such a headache yeah. because of what was happening yeah. in the movie. I was like, well, did well, the, movie? the sound was off on our screen too. Remember oh, that? yeah, it was. Yeah. And I was oh, like, that would be horrible for it was that like, movie. It, the mix was wrong. It was too loud. And the music was too loud. Well, that's just a lot of Nolan movies anyways. <laughs> yeah. But I was like, oh, my gosh, that movie made me so anxious. I got to shake that off. Or was that just the, what the movie did? And I saw it again. And even though I knew the chain of events, yes, I tried to piece the timeline together a little bit more. Yeah, I was still just as stressed the second time around. And that's, for me, how I knew that the movie held up. Okay. Interesting. But yeah, great if it, choice. If it, if it re-released in theaters, I would consider That's kind of a Gravity it. sort of movie. Yeah. Where yeah. you watch it in the theater and I, you're like, see, I'm good. I, Although, I never saw Gravity because by the time I, I had the opportunity to see it, it was out of theaters and I said, there's no point. For reference, mm-hmm. I saw Gravity in theaters, 3D IMAX. It was amazing. One of the best experiences I've had in a theater. Okay. Then uh, we were on a flight and my, uh, someone, it wasn't my wife because she'd already <laughs> seen it. Someone wanted to watch it and it was just on that little screen. Wow. And I was like, yeah, I'll watch it too. It was still good on a little Hell, Really? That's worst case scenario. Is it because there screen. was turbulence? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we might die. It's like yeah. a, one of those like 3D uh, rides at the yeah. amusement parks. Someone just comes by and <laughs> spits in your face. 4D. Yeah, I can't imagine Dunkirk would be good on an airplane. Now, Zach, oh. I will disagree with you on one point. Okay. And it's only that my, my experience wasn't perfect in the theater because I watched it and I was confused. I gave it a second watch uh, when Claire asked me to do a, a review for it. And I was like, I get it now. And it made the movie better for me. I had heard going into it that there were different stories happening in different time, like different ranges of time. Mm -hmm. And so I already had that heads up. And so I never had an issue with it. I think if you didn't know that going into it, you might. But I was just happy to see Harry Styles again. Second time around. Jeez, I don't even know. He doesn't know he's beautiful. (laughs) I don't even know. Is that them? Is that him? Yeah, that's him. Okay. I think. Or is that Jonas Brothers? I don't know. No, One Direction. Okay. We always save bring up One Direction. The, Stop bringing them up on Bacon Cell, Save it kid. for the boy band show? <gasps> so my next movie boy bands. has a very hilarious title it's from <laughs> 2007. No. It's called Funny Games. Oh, oh yeah. Why'd you guys hey. get so heavy? That's a fun title. Funny, funny Games, funny guys. Games. Isn't that the song by Jewel? <laughs> That's Foolish Games. Oh. Foolish, foolish Games. games. What's with my voice? <laughs> Why do we sound like cows? <laughs> <laughs> Funny Games came out in 2007. Let me describe this hilarious movie. No. Two psychopathic young men take a family hostage in their cabin. That's all. That's all. This is a Doesn't shot. sound very funny. This <laughs> You know, it's not. This is a shot-for-shot shot remake by director Michael Haneke. He actually directed the original Austrian movie, which came out in 1997. Oh, Austrian. Yeah. No uh, uplifting cinema. <laughs> sure. And he was like, you know what? I've depressed my entire country. It's the Americans' turn. And so he made this movie that one of the brothers is played by Michael Pitt. And you've seen him play a psychopath in a couple other movies. The, the parents are Naomi Watts and Tim Roth in this movie. Mm-hmm. 
And if you've seen the cover, it looks like Naomi Watts is in pain. Yeah, uh-huh. she's crying. Uh-huh. That's that's really all you need to see because that is this movie. Tim Roth has said that making this film abused him and he'll never watch it. He said... And you're recommending this. No, no. I said only one of my movies I'd recommend. Okay. And so far, I haven't even talked about it. I wouldn't recommend anything I've said so far. <laughs> you wouldn't recommend Borat? I would, funny, I wouldn't either. Like, <laughs> Borat, I'd recommend if it's like late at night and you have a bunch of buddies you want to watch a dumb movie with. Maybe in that scenario. Yeah. Funny Games is the one I'd recommend the least because I love horror. Joel loves horror. Zach, where it's are you a, at on scary movies? No, thank you. We're going to teach you. I know. We are going to teach you. I like wholesome things. But you'll never watch funny games. What movies have you brought up? Seven? What else? Wholesome <laughs> things? What are we talking about? Joel, I never want you to watch this movie. I don't want to watch this movie. In fact, I'm kind of going to ruin it for you right now. I, I already know what happens. You do? Yeah. Okay. Because this Curse movie... my curiosity. This movie hurt me more than most because they don't follow the rules of horror. Basically, two guys that are dressed in like tennis clothes, looking really preppy, come in and ask to borrow some butter. And a family says, sure, come on in. And by the way, it's a nice like lake retreat. Hmm. And they're held hostage. And just when you think like someone's going to get away, the kid got away or something, things always go poorly. This movie wants to take away all hope. And not just hope for the characters, but hope from film tropes that you're comfortable with. There's no soundtrack or score here. There's only an opening song and a closing song. And so that when prayer and opening prayer and a closing prayer. Well, (laughs) you pray a lot during this movie. When things go silent in this movie, your heart hurts because you know someone was probably just silenced or a dog got it or whatnot. I like when I said uh, people can die. Fine. Dogs? No, I said out of both. There was a louder O for the dog. It was. It was just building. (laughs) Here's the thing. There's no violence. Well, there's some minor terrorism, and I don't mean the Zero Dark Thirty terrorism, but a family is being terrorized. Terrorized. That's happening, but there's no violence on screen or it's very, very minimal. Mm -hmm. But you still feel cruddy. And it's weird. And you like this. I did like it. There's a moment. Okay, I'm going to ruin the big moment in the movie, but I won't say what exactly happens. But when one character, one heroic character finally gets the upper hand and you're like, yes, this movie's about to turn around. And it's every, it's like Last House on the Left. It's like every horror film. Another uplifting film. Right. (laughs) But finally, when these characters get revenge and the good guys win and you're like, yes, they have the upper hand. And one of the bad guys grabs a a DV, or DVD remote or VHS remote and hits rewind. He hits rewind in the movie uh-huh. and the movie rewinds. Like breaking the fourth wall? Yep, he breaks the fourth wall a what? few times in this movie. And it rewinds and he moves the gun. So they, the good guys never got the upper hand. And I went, <sighs> you're kidding me. You just took away my one happy moment in this movie. With the way it's played, it feels gross. It feels like you're eavesdropping into the scene and when they break the fourth wall, you're like... Don't you bring me into this movie. I don't want to be part of this at all. This is gross. And the whole thing is grim. And this is a horror film that needs to be seen by true horror fans. Hey, you just said I couldn't see it. Then you I said true I horror fans. I don't want fans. you to, Joel. Yes, maybe you should see it someday. I don't want you to. I've read the synopsis. I like your soul. <laughs> I saw the trailer. I, I was good. I, my soul has been working out. So. <laughs> so, but funny games, it's very well crafted. But man, it hurts. And I'll never watch it again. Okay. I was hoping we continue with the political theme. Sure. uh, Because I'm choosing what I believe to be the oldest film on any of our lists. Okay. I'm going in the 1970 Patton. Oh, yeah. Patton. Absolutely. 
can, so can you watch this whole movie? So it's a it's a long movie. It's oh. I mean it's, it's not as long as Endgame. It's only 170 minutes. So it's not it's almost oh, three hours. Joel, not it's at three hours. Way longer than Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the World War II phase of the career of the controversial American general George S. Patton, directed by Franklin J. Schaffner, who did Planet of the Apes, actually. Oh really? Oh. Okay. Uh, this is rated PG. Uh, mostly just mild language and some war talk and some war moments, but. Not yeah. a lot of bodies dropping in this movie. No, no. It's mostly it's mostly um, darkest hour type stuff where it's like okay. the, the planning of the war rather okay. than the war itself. This is not a Saving Private Ryan running through the trenches kind of thing. Right. This is just speeches and well, there are some moments, but anyway. Uh, starring George C. Scott, and that's really all you need to know. Mm-hmm. Who actually won the Academy Award for this movie and refused to accept it. He is the, only, the first person in history to uh, say to refuse the reward. And he warned them before because he actually had done it before where he got a nomination. And he refused it. He got nominated again. He's like, I'm not going to accept this award because I feel like he says he feels like every dramatic performance was unique and cannot be compared to others. And the whole Academy Award is just a meat market. And he Uh-oh. was not going to be participating wow. in it. So then he won and he didn't accept the award. Does he hmm. just hate the Academy or is he just... He just didn't like, he didn't like the system. Wow. He, didn't, he didn't like the system of the Academy saying what was good and what wasn't. It's a three-hour movie, but it doesn't feel like a three-hour movie, which is saying something. Uh, I did not know much about General Patton going into this movie. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I'm a visual learner. And so I really did enjoy watching this man who I didn't know anything about and like, oh, okay, I see why people talk about him so much. I see why right. he was revered and hated. It's definitely fictionalized. Yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah. But they they actually didn't get permission from the family uh, to get memoirs and stuff like that. So they had to use a book for their reference that was a uh, biography of him. But it's really kind of well done in the way that they portray him as both super competent Mm -hmm. and also reckless. Like, it's this fine line you walk of like, do I trust him? Do I not trust him? Right. But he got the job done. And then, you know, even though... He didn't do it the right way. And then he said some things that got him in trouble, just offhanded comments. So it was just very interesting to watch, I thought. I actually might agree with the Academy for winning the Best Picture that year, 1970. Yeah, we so. watched this when we watched every single Best Picture winner, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's when Have I you seen it. it before then? No. Okay. No, and so I was like, this is when I got done. I'm like, I'm glad I watched that. Probably never watch it same. again, totally but I'm glad same. I watched it. Very well done. And uh, music by Jerry Goldsmith as well, who's a, oh, a nice. great compo- composer. Yeah. So. I have fallen asleep to this movie several times when my father was watching it. Well, the opening scene is like George Patton, uh, General Patton standing it's in front of the American scene. flag giving a speech. And yeah. powerful. Percy, it is. And George C. Scott didn't want that at the beginning because he said, if you put that there, it'll overshadow the rest of my performance. And indeed it has. That's mm, that's really true. That's the, that's the thing imagery. to watch. That's the last thing that Zach sees before he falls asleep. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> Every day? Wow. Every day. You're like, I'm so tired. Should I take some melatonin? Nope. Patton. Patton intro. <laughs> <laughs> Gone. All right, so we're down to our final choice. Yes, okay. It is my goal to alienate everybody who I might have maybe won over over the last couple of weeks. So you've already alienated Joel and Joel, myself you, in this show. And just yeah. everybody listening. Okay, you listener, please don't hate me. Again, similar... But you liked this movie. I liked this movie. This is very good. My, my choice is from 2010, Toy Story 3. <laughs> so you just jump right to four. You go one, two, four. <laughs> I, four is the natural conclusion, clearly. Apparently. I really was glad I saw Toy Story 3. I was glad of the conclusion. I think it's a pretty manipulative movie. <gasps> and I don't care to watch it again. But I'm very glad I saw it. I, I think there are lots of good this, things about it. Zach, it's this not, was the end, the perfect no. end to that trilogy. Were no. you saying you'd ended it too? 
No, no, no. He's saying it was the perfect end. So he'll never want to repeat. That I would. Experience. I would rather. But would you watch one and two again? Yes, but not. Three. I would rather watch four. If I was, if they were sitting on my shelf right now, and I had to pull a Blu-ray off to watch it, I would pull four before I'd pull three. Why? Because I had I had fun so, watching four, and I don't really care about it. I'm back on your side. Okay. Because I don't think this movie is all that good until the end. He likes it. Ken, I, he's no, no. not bashing on these movies. I know. I'm so confused I, right I now. Actually, actually, I, mm, I'm okay on it. No, I liked the experience of watching it. It becomes a beautiful, amazing movie, and you have no soul. Buzz, <laughs> either but, one of you. Buzz Lightyear in Spanish is beautiful and amazing. It becomes, yes. It becomes perfect closure. And we've all talked jambalaya, about this. Jambalaya. Jambalaya. It makes the trilogy, mm-hmm. before Kingdom of the Crystal Skull came out, <laughs> it makes the trilogy great. But it's just, it's the same story, which I'd rather see in one or two, quite clearly. Yeah. I And then, but no. it has the great ending, which is too emotional. One, one, three, wait, one, three, two. That's my order. Okay. Two is my favorite. And I get Two's that, but favorite. do you want to cry all the time? Four doesn't count. But you watch this movie, you know you're going to cry. Wouldn't you rather just enjoy yourself with like one, for no. example, or two? I love three. Ready, ready, I ready. really do enjoy three. I go two, four, one, three. What? Opinions on making sale. What is happening right I now? I don't. I don't know. I know. I know. Here's here's you're my. Locked, you're getting locked back in the bacon soap closet. I, you know that, right? <laughs> I just got out. No, I. Again, this is when my, you're saying it's good. That's my use of or that's my watchability rank list. Good quality, quality, whatever you you can say. This is an amazing movie. There is a podcast that I listened to once upon a time, and I can't remember it for the life of me. Bacon soap. That bacon said, soap, yeah. oh, that's right. That said, to every well, this is before four came out, obviously, but they said. You know, two is better than one, three is better than two, but both of the sequels are unnecessary. And I kind of feel that. Like, they're just kind of rehashing the same thing, but you do get your emotional closure. It's a children's movie, right? From from the first movie. But even in the last episode, in many episodes, Joel, you've talked about the tropes that many movies follow, where it's the same story again and again. It's a children's movie. Yes. You both realize it's a children's movie. Is it, though? Is it, though? Yes. It's about toys. It's an animated film about toys that come to life. All that awesome children's part where they're all about to be incinerated. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, that was great. Need to understand what happens when they throw away their toys. <laughs> I wish that were the ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet you. Would. I would watch that repeatedly. <laughs> Get your souls in check, both of you. <laughs> I haven't no, been working I, out. I just, uh, I, I personally feel like it was plenty, and I'm good, and I move on. But I don't need to watch so that movie bizarre. again. Yeah. I'm, I, mean, I don't know how to feel right now. Yeah, I thought you were the Pixar guy. I am not. <laughs> Apparently, Zach doesn't like Disney. Coco is the best. I watched Coco. He didn't just really yesterday. like Up all that Coco? much. I watched Coco yesterday. It's the best. Mediocre. It's so good. <laughs> Joe's racist. What? <laughs> no, you can't. I just listened to the Coco soundtrack yesterday. It's great. Uh, but I, I, I don't think Remember Me should have won Best Original Song. No, I agree with you. Okay. Because I don't remember it. Save it for our Coco show. Are we having a Coco show? Oh, yeah. Book We're going to drink Coco while talking about Coco. Nope. And listening nope. to Coca Cabana. <laughs> nope. And snorting Coco. I said drinking Coco, you There's heathen. another Family Coco. friendly. So speaking of story from your title, my title also has story in it. Is it end to beginning with love? No. Love story from 1970. No. <laughs> Never made to say. I actually story. haven't even seen a love story. Where do I begin? I haven't seen it either. Oh. Mine is from 2017 and it's... A ghost story. Oh yeah, with, oh. The, with the the with the sheet and the experimental. Yeah, I thought you were going to say sheet. marriage story. That's a good choice. Marriage Ken. story is an honorable mention. Okay, you're not going to watch that one again. Marriage story. 
I don't know if I will. It oh, hurt. I bet. It, yeah. So a ghost story, though. In this singular exploration of legacy, love, loss, and the enormity and the enormity of existence, a recently deceased white-sheeted ghost returns to a suburban home to try to reconnect with his bereft wife. Directed by David Lowry, who did Ain't Them Body Saints and Pete's Dragon. The, the remake. Pete's Dragon. Yes. Starring Casey Affleck as C, Rooney Mara as M. Those are their character names in the Wait, movie. Wait, the men in black? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> men in white, actually. Ah, <laughs> zing. So this is such a Sundance movie. Almost handcrafted for Sundance, mm-hmm. handcrafted for film critics. So if Terrence Malick directed a horror film. Kind of, yeah. But wow, I feel like geek, it's... That's geek level right there. <laughs> it's, it's such a boring movie with weird off pacing and then becomes so interesting boringly beautiful boringly beautiful yes although the scene that is talked about the most is the pie scene there is a scene where no, that's Mara, from the help <laughs> to, oh. yeah there's there's a one and done save it for the pie show <laughs> there is a scene where Rooney Mara is a grieving wife and she eats a full pie a full pie for almost nine minutes you just and watch it shows the entire thing and it's like a devastating scene where she's, she's grieving. In the, yeah. The pit of misery. And he, as a guy wearing a white sheet, like it's Beetlejuice, is just watching her eat. And she can't pie. see him. In fact, the first 45 minutes are him. Well, for, he's there for 12 minutes as Casey Affleck. And then for the first half of the movie, he's hanging out with her. And then she finally moves on. And then the second half of the movie, it's more about him being stuck in his home because he's not attached to his wife. He's stuck in his home. And that's why the director made it. He said, we often get stuck in physical places. Like if you ever moved away from home and you get sad, even though it's just a place and your life will continue, you get sad about a singular location. True. And that's what happens to see in this movie. And so then it starts jumping through decades, kind of like he goes into the future and then back into the past. And he relives. It's like AI almost, it feels like at that point. It's like AI, but in told a good quickly. Way. In a good way. Because the movie's only 92 minutes. Yeah. One and done. Yeah. And so the movie actually like briskly shows you him affecting his own timeline. Like, in fact, there's a scene where he is still alive and he and his wife hear noises from the like kitchen. Mm-hmm. And it may have been him in this timeline. It's because that's ghosts, why you like it because it's like Interstellar. It kind of, it's like Interstellar, but meant to be kind of dismal. Mm-hmm. It just feels like a big private moment that you feel wrong for watching, because even though it's silly, he's in a white sheet. It's a very personal movie. He's not even talking for most. No, of the it movie. could. It, that's the thing. People were like, "Why was Casey Affleck in this movie? He was covered by a white sheet the entire time." Yeah, but the experiment works so well, and it's a short movie, but it feels fulfilling. But so fulfilling. Short. Yeah, well, I actually, yeah, you're right. Because the pacing is so weird. It yeah. dwells. Yeah. But it was so fulfilling that I kind of just backed away and said, okay, I've experienced a very cool movie. I'll never watch you again. Mm-hmm. So yeah, ghost, a a ghost story. That's a very good choice. That's the one I recommend, by the Zach's. way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a ghost story is better than Toy Story 3. You're right. No. Oh, no. So my last pick uh, is another film experiment. And I would say... It would tick off Kent, but I think he might agree with me. Okay, I'm interested. Uh, directed by Richard Linklater. Huh? I it's totally agree with Boyhood. you. Boyhood. Boyhood. Yeah. 2014 Boyhood. Sure. Why did I buy this movie? I, you bought what? this you movie? Bought this movie? I bought it. And guess what? Still in the packaging. You're going to watch it? Yeah, yeah I was going to say. It's one and done. Yeah. So if you don't know, uh, the synopsis is The Life of Mason, a boy, from early childhood to his arrival at college. Which sounds like a simple story. And it is. It is. A very simple slice of life. Let's watch what's happening story. But the cool thing about this movie is that Richard Linklater literally 
filmed for 12 years. Yes. They would get together annually with the same cast and just kind of film a couple scenes together. And so you literally... Slice of life, the the, movie. Filmmaking usually is done within months. And if you're going to do someone older, then, hey, we're going to get an older actor to play the younger actor. Mm -hmm. This is the same kid, and you get to see him grow up from, oh, what was it, like, is he 12 when he starts? No, I think he's six. Is he that young? Yeah, because yeah, he goes years. to college. Yeah, that's right. He ends with him going to college, so he has to start that young. So at the beginning, you know, he's talking about Star Wars and, and stuff like that. And then he's, you know, in the middle, he's talking about like, you know, girls and things like that mm-hmm. and then growing up. And so it's a fascinating experience in filmmaking. It's a beautiful movie. And, and then and you watch it, you're like, that is so well done. And the way they put it together, it feels so relatable and so real mm-hmm. in parts. Other parts, I was like, eh, I don't really relate to the kid here. But... The story is not one that I want to watch again and again because it literally is, hey, his mom's going through a divorce and then they go live somewhere else. Right. And that's the extent of the And the he drama. becomes a teenager and goes to parties and life is hard for it a little literally, bit. I'm going to spoil the ending a little bit here, but it literally ends with him just kind of hanging out and talking. Yeah. And then the movie just kind of ends. I felt like I saw something incredible, and I still think it's incredible. It is. So incredible that when the Blu-ray came out, I bought it day one. Which is so funny to me. You bought this movie. Yeah, because I was like, I can't wait to experience this on a big TV, but why? Why? Yeah. That's, the, that's the why there. Uh, this is rated R, by the way, uh, for language and sexual references, uh, teen, drug, and alcohol use. Pretty mild, though. It's a mild R, but you can find it on Clearplay DVD and Blu-ray. They have it both edited versions. Pretty easy to edit out, but... Why I won't watch it again is who wants to relive their awkward teenage years? I mean, that's really, you know, I don't want to do that. But We talk about it a lot in the show. We do. <laughs> uh, but this production began in 2001, uh, finished in 2013. This movie came out in 2014. It was nominated for an Academy Award. Didn't win. What won that year? Birdman. That's right. Another oh. experimental film. Yes. So it was, you know, good good year for experimental films. But Boyhood was one. I think I think people should watch it, should experience it to see how... It's kind of cool to see the actor grow up in front of your eyes. Totally. Like, like it's like a time lapse or time capsule or something like that. Definitely see this once. And then you're good. Yes. So there you go. Okay. There's our list. I, I think we started. What did we start with? Seven. And we ended with Boyhood. Okay, good. Borat was in there wow. somewhere. So yeah. <laughs> Toy Story. Went a little biblical in some there. some popular choices yeah, this, myself. This was a, a unique show. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it, though. We hope this isn't just this isn't just a one and done episode yeah. for you. <laughs> but let us know what movies you watched once and enjoyed. That's yes. the caveat here. This isn't like I never want to see it again because I hated it. Movies you watched, enjoyed, but don't want to watch again for whatever reason. We've yeah. given a couple reasons here. Maybe it's too long. Maybe it's too dark. Maybe, maybe it's, it's too disturbing. Maybe it's yeah. a perfect experience and you don't want to have to ruin that. Yeah. Like Zach with Toy Story 3. Um, <laughs> that was that one, right? Dunkirk was my perfect experience. Oh, my mistake. Borat was mine, apparently. But let us... <laughs> Toy Story 3 was mine. <laughs> but let us know on Facebook. Let us know on Twitter. Let us know on Instagram. We want to hear from you because we love hearing from you, the listener. All right, before we go, we'd like to thank a few people. So from the I Am The Listener category, we actually have a new I Am The Listener. Hey. What? Alicia Bass. Hi, Alicia. Nice. Join the ranks of I Am The Listener. Alicia, she thank you so much. Listener. Nice. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, also, we have Just Kyler now, Sean Sanquist, Jennifer Kilkowski, Colton Cook, Chris Drought, Braden Winterton, Crew Dutler, Terry Finley, Stephen Ross, and Adrian Gray. Thank you. Thank you. And also from the Baking Council, we have Nicole D. Hale, Chris Anderson, Ryan Farron, and Reverse Listener. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone. We really appreciate you. So cool. But if you want to find me, you can find me at 76 Joel on Twitter. You can find me performing with QuickWits. They perform online these days at Facebook Live. So watch for that. Uh, Check out the QuickWits Facebook page. If you want to find me on Twitter or Instagram, it's at Kenny3DD. If you want to read my movie reviews, hopefully there's some movies in July. 
showtimeshowdown.com. And if you want to connect with me, I am on the social medias as Tumbling Mustard. Feel free to reach out to me. And more importantly, reach out to Bacon Sale. Make sure you're following Bacon Sale on all of your social media platforms, such as Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, also, make sure you visit tpublic.com slash bacon sale to get yourself some sweet bacon sale apparel to wear as soon as you can go out in public comfortably again. <laughs> and then, of course, if you want to join in on the fun, you can always go to patreon.com slash bacon sale and become a patron. Uh, support starts at just three bucks a month where you can listen to all sorts of special bacon bits that have been all sorts of various topics. Like episodes. We just spent the uh, last episode mostly discussing Clone Wars. For yeah, and Twilight. How we got on yeah, Star Twilight. Wars. How did we get on Twilight, Twilight? again? Once again, that's patreon.com slash bacon sale. So until next time, what's in the box? Happy feet for life. How many times has Kent's heard that? (laughs) A lot. Every time he kisses a girl. Not a lot lately, then. Sorry, I'm not going to my laptop. Bacon bit. I've seen this movie, and I can handle it, but I'm not sure the general public could. It gives me the little creepy crawlies, and I'm like, I'm good. Oh. Oh, no. This is not how I expected BYU to be. (laughs) Huh. Stop. Stop. Scott. Scott. You know, thing, Zach, it's okay. It's good. I got to have a thing. Your thing is being bad at sound checks. Oh. No, Zach, you're doing great. Thank you. Can't wait long because you got to be on the show. Get on the show. <laughs> and it's in Spanish. That's why I won't watch it again. Oh, wait. Okay. Wait for the rest of my list. I've got to rewind it. <laughs> I did not know this episode was going to get so dark so quick. Wow. It's going to continue too. I have a doubt. I doubt it. Oh, uh, thank you. Thank to, you for the death. Trying to levity. Lighten the mood. Oh my gosh. You want to take your perfect experience with Borat. <laughs> so I don't want to age out of Borat. Joel is the hipster. hipster of Bacon Sale. You're such a hipster. Wow. I, I just I'm get out of you. We already have a Kent. What are you doing? Book Adam. of Joel. Come. Chronicle of the decade-long hunk for Al-Qaeda. Hunk. <laughs> I don't want to say hunk. Let me try that again. Yeah. Like, rah, rah, Zach, you jerk. My voice. Why do we sound like cows? Oh, Austrian. Yeah. Another uh, uplifting cinema. <laughs> I've depressed my entire country. It's the Americans' turn. I like wholesome things. But you'll never watch funny games. What movies have you brought up? Seven? What else? Wholesome <laughs> things? What are we talking about? I yes. like your soul. <laughs> I saw the trailer. I was I, my soul has been working out. Saw Beautiful, it. amazing movie, and you have no soul. Get <laughs> your souls in check, both of you. Oh, pre-show tinkle. Pre-show tinkle. I realize I just need to accept the darkness inside. Pre-show sitting awkwardly.